Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. Would you join me in prayer? Let's pray together. Let's do this. Father God, we invite the presence of Jesus right now. We're we're touched by the music, by those lyrics of building our lives on your love. And we just know that when we do that, my my firsthand experience is that, that that's the best pathway for my life, for our lives together, when we build our life on you. And so, Father, I pray now that as we open your word, I pray that this message and that the word of God and the spirit of God would do the work of God in our hearts and our minds, that that when we get up off the couch or uh, away from the computer, wherever we're watching and listening, that we'd be different than when we sat down to listen in. Holy Spirit, come do your work in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Ocean Hills, last week we jumped into this brand new series. We're calling it COVID Clarity. I love the title, COVID Clarity. And we're looking at the Great Commission. This season, this long and prolonged season of COVID, it gives us a chance to push pause and to kind of do a gut check as followers of Jesus to say, what do we need to get clear about? And I want to encourage, push a little bit, nudge a little bit for us to get super clear on what it means to follow Jesus and the holy marching orders that come from him. Last week, we looked at kind of those initial words that when Jesus, at the end of Matthew 28, He said, all authority in heaven and earth have been given to me, he said. And we looked at this word authority. And what does it mean? It means that God's in charge, that Jesus is in charge. If he's the authority of your life, it means he's in the driver's seat. It means he's the CEO. He's the boss. He's the master. He's L-O-R-D, Lord of your life. And so what that means is if he's in charge, and he calls you or commands you to do something, you don't set up a committee. You don't say, let me pray about it and see if I have peace about it. No, when Jesus says go, you go. You don't say, well, not now, Lord. That's an oxymoron. Rather, you say, oh, Lord, like Peter in Luke 5, I'm not sure, Lord, I've been But because you say so, Lord, I will do what you say. See, that's what it means to have Jesus as the authority of your life. You're yielding, surrendering to him every day. It's that fully surrendered life. So now we jump into Matthew 28, and he he says to his disciples, go make disciples. It's the Great Commission. Now here's your multiple quiz choice, your multiple choice quiz. The Great Commission, you maybe have heard of it. The Great Commission. Jesus commanded his disciples, number one, to go make church attenders. Or number two, to go make Christians. Or number three, to go make 
Republicans and Democrats or conservatives or progressives or for none of the above. Which is it? Well, if you look in the scriptures, it says, go make disciples. Go make disciples. That's the great, that's the great commission. And a disciple is, it's a lifelong learner. It's someone who is following so closely behind the teacher, the rabbi, that you know, the dust gets on them because they're following so tightly, so closely, and imitating them in every way. And so I want to I be crystal clear, because some of you right now are like, eh, this is only for strong Christians. This is only for sinless Christians. Or this is for those strange Christians, right? And I want you to know this message today, this great commission, go make disciples. This is for every person who would say, I'm following Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. Then Jesus says to you, go, not be a disciple, go make disciples. And so what does that mean? It means that God wants to use you. He wants to use you to help another person, to help other people become more like Jesus. And so what I want to do, just in the few moments we have today, focus on the word go, go, go. You know, the New Testament written in the Greek language, Matthew's Gospel, the word that's translated as go, it can be translated in a couple of different ways. Some scholars disagree. The first and, and, and probably the most popular or uh, accepted way is it's, it's an active, forceful, direct command. It's not a red light. It's not a yellow light. It's a green light. It's go. Go, go, go and make disciples. Go intentionally and make disciples. The second way it can be translated is as you are going. Some scholars think it, it, it's that, that we make disciples as we go. It's kind of more of a way of life, less intentional in terms of specifics, but, but it's broader stroke, right? Um, either way, our holy marching orders are go, go, intentional go. And, uh, and so Luke chapter 10, if you have a Bible, just flip there. If you don't, no worries. I'm going to kind of paraphrase it. I'm using uh, Eugene Peterson's paraphrase from the message. And uh, what we read there is that Jesus, had, he selected 70 other disciples and he sent them ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he intended to go. I'm going to just stop right there. Jesus sent people out in pairs. I think that's interesting. I want to just maybe encourage, challenge you as you think about disciple making, as you think about having an impact in this world and being an influencer. Sometimes when we grab a buddy, when we grab a friend and say, let's do this together, there's power, there's strength. There's more confidence to do that. Jesus sent the disciples two by two out in pairs. And it says he gave them this charge. What a huge harvest. How few the harvest hands. So on your knees, that means pray, and ask the God of the harvest to send out harvest hands. Go! Doesn't say go, but what does it say? It says go. Yeah, it does. Go be careful. <laughs> I love that. Go be careful. And, and what? This is hazardous work. You're like lambs in a wolf pack. When you enter a home, greet the family. Now listen to this. 
and say, peace. If your greeting is received, then it's a good place to stay. If it's not received, take it back, get out, and don't impose yourself. Now you might be going, well, what? How, what is that? how does that apply to me? Mike Breen, the founder of uh, 3DM, a discipleship ministry, he uses this as a foundational passage for followers of Jesus to find your, are you ready for this phrase? Find your person of peace. Find a person of peace to invest in, to pour your life into, to make a disciple. And uh, what does that mean? A person of peace. A person of peace, write this down, is responsive to you. It's not just go out with strangers. A person of peace is someone that you go, you know, they like me. A person of peace is someone who's responsive. God's already at work. And the way you find your person of peace is someone who's responsive. They listen to you. They like you. You think about Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19. He climbed a tree to see Jesus, to get near Jesus. That's a, a person of peace. And then Jesus said, I got to go to your home. And Zacchaeus was responding, come on over to my home. That's your person of peace. It's a person who God is bringing into your life who, who wants to be spending more time with you, listening to you. Are you with me? Are you hearing me right now? Every one of us needs to find a person of peace to invest in, to pour into. John Ortberg, some of you know him, famous writer, pastor. When he was a young leader, he said that he would seek out older guys who he looked up to, and he'd say, hey, can we, can we have coffee? And he would invite him to coffee, and that one coffee might have led to a second, third, fourth coffee, whatever. But think about that. John Ortberg, when he was a young man, was a person of peace to those older men. He was responsive. He saw something and he was initiating with them. What we learn from that, just like Zacchaeus, who in your life is God bringing across your path? Maybe saying, hey, can we have coffee? Hey, you want to go for a bike ride? Hey, you want to? Like they're initiating friendship. They want to be around you. That responsiveness is an indicator. It's a clue. God's bringing that person into your life. So what's the next step in looking for your person of peace? Ready? Pray and pay attention. Pray and pay attention. Notice what you know. Notice who God keeps bringing across your path. In fact, I want to just pause and I want to lead us in a prayer. Right now, put your hands maybe in front of you and open them up. And let my prayer be the prayer of your heart right now. God, right here, right now, would you open my heart? Would you open my eyes to see who you are putting in my life? Who you're bringing into my life? Help me to see the one who's actually already responding to me as a friend, as a colleague, as a mentor. Lord, I'm willing and I pray that dangerous prayer right now, Lord, bring the person, that person into my life that needs me and that needs you the most. Amen. And I want to encourage you, Ocean Hills, I want to encourage you to pray that dangerous prayer every day until you find that 
person of peace. God, bring the person into my life who needs me and who needs you the most. Pray that every day. And God will answer that prayer because did you notice in the scripture, he said there's a huge harvest and how few the harvest hands. So get on your knees and ask God. That's God's will. God wants you to pray that and God is going to answer that prayer and use you as a discipler to help reach another person. So that leads us to a question that I've been asking all week to a lot of people, and it's this. So why is it in North America, in the American church, why is it that churches are filled with Christians who don't go and make disciples? Three quick reflections. One, we prefer a safe program over a real person. I'm going to say that again. So many of us would rather just attend a program, be part of a program, than actually get dirty and messy discipling and having real, raw, uh, important, significant conversations with another person or two about Jesus, about life, and how to live it His way. We'd rather talk about discipleship than actually disciple somebody. And it's just easier to be like the religious leaders of Jesus' day. Pass on the verse, pass on the rules, the laws, the traditions of the church. But we're not going to actually like change who we are. We're not going to actually become more like Jesus, like more courageous, more kind, more forgiving, more loving, more generous, more love, joy, peace, patience. You put that fruit of the Spirit on, that's God's vision for your life and my life. That's the vision. We're not trying to make people religious. We're trying to make disciples, people who are more like Jesus. There's nothing more compelling to give your life to. That's what's going to change this world. It's not politics. It's going to be one life at a time, one heart at a time that is transformed into the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the fruits, the virtues, the qualities of Jesus Christ. And he's saying, I want you to partner with me and help me make those kinds of people. It, I, I, my heart just grieves right now in our country. I, just, I see the American church filled with Christians, but not disciples. Christians that are petty, that are judgmental, that are, that are hateful, that are mean-spirited, that are insulting one another, and they identify as evangelical. We know all the verses. We got the doctrinal statement down. But making disciples is about transformation of character of heart, not about information, that makes my head big. It's about love, not legalism and following all the rules. It's about love as a choice, as a decision. Making disciples is life-changing. You actually become a new, better version of, your of yourself rather than, I'm just going to stay stuck and I'm just going to stay the same. What we're talking about here is it starts with me. It starts with you. Jesus wants to change my heart, my life, the way I live, the way I love. 
And I just think, how does he do that? That's what I love about this church. And I'm so passionate about Ocean Hills because we, we have people that are different, that vote different, that think different, that theologically there's nuances. Where we, but we, there's freedom. There's room to disagree. I was reminded this week, Jesus picked 12 disciples. Some of you may not have ever noticed the nuance. Why did Jesus pick Simon the Zealot? and Matthew, the tax collector, to be in his small group of disciples. In the same small group, they represented opposing extremes. They were fierce enemies. That's like putting Pelosi and Trump in the same small group. You're like, we're not doing that. Jesus did that intentionally. Why? Why? Because Jesus wants to get into every one of our hearts and transform us into people like himself, that we can live in unity. Jesus Christ is the one who brings people together. Followers of Jesus follow Jesus. We actually do that. I just want to challenge you, encourage you. There are so many of you watching. You have been to plenty of church services. You've had years of quiet times. You've given money to missions, Team World Vision, but you've never made a disciple. You've never, ever helped another person grow spiritually. I'm not here to, to critique, judge, make you feel guilty. I want to compel you, inspire you. God has more for you. He wants to use you to help another person become more like Jesus, and most people right now, they want more in their life. And you get to become the ambassador for Jesus Christ. To not just be a disciple, he's calling you to make a disciple. And so one of the reasons we don't do it is because we want it just a program rather than the messiness of people. The second is we're too busy and so tired. If I've heard it, I'm overcommitted, I'm saying no to everything right now and to everyone. COVID's killing me. Let me just say this, discipleship, making disciples is not one more thing. It is the thing. It's the main thing of the Christian life. It's not just a good idea. It's actually our holy marching orders from Jesus. He didn't say go be a Christian. He didn't say go be a disciple. He said go make disciples. And Paul said it this way in 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 8. He said, we loved you so much that we shared with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. That's what disciple making is. It's, it's having the scriptures, the truth of God, but it's also, it's, it's, it's making it practical. Like, how does this make a difference in the way I treat my wife, the way I live, treat my employees, my colleagues, my kids? That's what we're getting at here. But some of us are like, we're too busy, we're so tired. I'm not adding one more thing to your life. I'm saying, look for that person of peace that God's already putting in your life. And then the classroom for discipleship, it's on a walk or on a bike. It's over coffee or over Zoom. It's around a fire pit or around a table. It's while you're watching the kids or watching the sunrise. Discipleship is life on life. Now let me just get to the last one, and then I'm going to wrap this up. The third reason most of us don't go is we feel unworthy, we feel inadequate, we feel unqualified. Our sinfulness, our youthfulness, our lack of experience, training, it just causes us to feel inadequate and unworthy. But guess what? 
read the biblical story. Read the New Testament. God uses unqualified people, men and women who feel inadequate, and he uses them to disciple others and to reach others. And I just want you to hear this word of encouragement. We grow when we help other people grow. Making disciples is not for religious people and professional Christians. This is for everyone. Some of you are going, but I'm, I'm a sinner. I got too much hurt in my life. Listen to what Rick Warren writes. He says, other people are going to find healing in your wounds. Your greatest life messages and your most effective ministry will come out of your deepest hurts. Wow. Is that not a word of hope? Whatever you're struggling with of unworthy, I'm inadequate, I'm unqualified, Discipleship is not helping someone become more religious. It's about helping someone become the best version of themselves, a person of love, a person of forgiveness, a person of courage and character and generosity. So let me stop. Before I throw the question out, I want to kind of give you a benediction. And it's, it's, it's the word go. Let me just, just maybe just put, open your hands, close your eyes, and just... Receive this benediction. So go now. Go pray and pay attention. Go. Go be willing and be available. Go. Go be on the lookout for your person of peace today. Go. Not with your hammer or guilt or your bullhorn of legalism. Rather, go on the adventure of a lifetime, humbly letting God use you to help someone else grow and become like Jesus. Go in friendship and go with the gentleness of God's grace upon you. Go love someone fully and radically and go walk along another person and together help each other become more like Jesus. Amen. Our COVID clarity question that I want you to soak in and stay in and then talk with whoever you're with, your, your family, your roommates, your friends. Are you willing to go? Are you willing to go and make a disciple? Why or why not? Second question, are you willing to pray and pay attention this week, this month, between now and Thanksgiving? Are you willing to pray and pay attention to God bringing a person of peace into your life? It's so exciting to be a person who says, God, use me to make others like you. He's going to do it. God bless you. Amen. I don't know about you, but that was a special, special service. Thank you to Casey and the band for uh, pulling that off. That was amazing. And thank you all for giving. Your generosity, your faithfulness, your sacrifice, so many of you are sacrificing in this COVID uh, season. It's making a difference. You're helping lives be transformed, literally. And uh, marriages are being strengthened and encouraged and healed. And kids are having spiritual conversations with parents and with uh, leaders. It's awesome. And it's because of you. You're the hero. And we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. And I thank God for what he's doing in your life. Have a great day. Day. God bless you. God is good all the time. All the time. God is good.
and he's better than you think. Before you re-enter your day, we hope that you will take just a few moments to pause and respond to what God has put on your heart through this message. Thank you again for listening to the Ocean Hills podcast. For access to more sermons, visit the Watch and Listen page on OceanHills.org or find them on the Ocean Hills app.